Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, Okuo Church. I'm, I'm so happy to be with you here today. Uh, but before we really get started, I, I just kind of wanted to talk about some of the grief and, and some of the things that we've we've all been feeling over this last week, you know, the the tragedy, the the shame, the the atrocity that happened this past week in in Uvalde at that that's elementary school is just horrific. And, and uh, personally, I I've been struggling with that a lot, you know, with with two kids that are school aged and, and in there, and a spouse that works in schools all the time. It it, it really uh, affected me in a way where where it was hurtful and. and Every day this week that I sent my kids and wife off to school, uh, I can't I can't lie to you guys. I, I cried a little bit every single time, and so um, this has been especially hard. And, and so for this week, what's been tough for me is how do I help us as a community of Kuo, as as a pastor, your pastor, the the leader, help us heal and and grieve while I'm grieving in, in the same way. And and so just in, in in all that, I've just been praying and. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, I'm not 100% sure how to help us fully get there, but the thing that's been helping me has been getting into prayer and, and spending time with the Lord. And, and so um, let's let's go ahead and do that right now and just spend some time in prayer right now. And so, uh, Jesus, I, I, I pray that you would continue to be there in that Uvalde community, that you would continue to be loving on them, and that you would continue to be uh, just giving as much comfort and peace as possible. I pray that you are with, with all the, the families of, of the ones that were lost, that you would just show up in their lives and, and let them know that even though things are super messed up in this world, that you are still there with them to help them get through this. I pray for those kids that were injured or, uh, and are still with us and, and those kids that didn't have a hair harmed on their, their head, Lord. I pray that you would be with them as they are going to deal with this situation for the rest of their lives, potentially, Lord. I pray that, that no matter what, no matter what is going on, that you would just make yourself huge, Lord. I pray that as moving forward, you would do the things that are necessary to help protect future schools, future shootings from, from stopping before they get started. And in whatever way that you want to make that happen, Lord, I pray so fervently that you would help things change so these things don't happen anymore. Jesus, we, we pray for, for our community, for our grieving as well. As we see those people hurting and, and we're trying to figure out what to do, Lord, we, I pray that you would show us the things that we can do to help them out. I pray that you would show us the things that we can do to be better connected to you during this time, Lord. And I pray that you would give us the right things to do and the right ways to handle this situation when we send our kids off to school. And we pray for, for our educators and administrators that are in schools now, that are a part of our Akuo community and that aren't a part of our Akuo community. We pray that you would be with them and comforting them every single day that they step into that school building, Lord. Because it's not fair what we ask them to deal with every single day. So we pray that you would give them a supernatural ability to deal with these things as well, Lord. And we just thank you for everything and we love you. 
And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, even though this has been a tough week, I'm still very excited to be with you here today for us to continue our series called Build on Belief. And as we've been talking about for the last few weeks, in this series, we're trying to figure out what to do with our life once we start to believe in Jesus, right? I mean, especially in weeks like this, we ask the question, how do I build on my belief? How do I do more than just believe? Now today, to help us with that, we're inviting a friend of the church, Zach Scoggins, to help us dig deeper into this idea. Zach is the Associate Spiritual Formation Pastor at City Church, one of the two churches that helped us get Akuo started. Now, I've personally known Zach for, for many years since he first moved to San Antonio. Now, working in spiritual formation, Zach is someone that is always laser-focused on helping people take the next step they need to take in their faith journey. Essentially, he is someone that helps people build on their belief every single day. In addition to all that, Zach has one of the best, most genuine energy levels of anyone that I've ever met. There are few people that I know that is on fire for Jesus in the way that Zach is. So I'm so happy to have him joining us here today. So without further ado, here is Pastor Zach Scoggins. What is up, Akuo family? Welcome. My name is Zach Scoggins. Thank you, Humby, for that introduction. I love you so much, man. And I love you too. Those of you who are watching today, I love you. And I always wanna start out with my love for anybody I'm speaking to or with, because I don't want you to think I'm just some dude preaching at you. I tell you that I love you because I understand what it's like to just be a human floating on a globe in outer space trying to figure out life in this walk with Jesus. So that being said, I love you. And let's keep this love that we have for each other spreading throughout this world. Now that my love is established for you, I have to let you know that I have not always been the purpose-filled follower of and lover of Jesus that you see before you today. As a matter of fact, far from it, your boy used to be a straight-up heathen. However, before my heathen days, I was raised in the Catholic denomination. From an early age, I was oddly comfortable with God. I was baptized, confirmed, and did my first communion. My mom was my catechism teacher. I was a leader in my youth group, went to confession, gave and received sacraments, and was a good little altar boy. I loved doing all the things that a good little Catholic boy did. Those things made me feel good. They made me look good. They gave me respect in my church. However, for me, it was never about Jesus. To me, Jesus was just some dead guy on a cross that I saw hanging out all over the place. I did not understand why Jesus died for my sins and why that's so significant. I had never had a true experience with a real Jesus. And because I was more into doing the right things to be good religiously rather than living a life with Jesus, I was a prisoner to my religious acts, and I wasn't experiencing a purposeful life with Jesus. I'm sure there are a lot of you that are watching who were probably raised in religious homes or had family members that were religious, and maybe some of you would go to church, do all the right things to be good, and then go right back to your lives where you did whatever it is you wanted to do. And if we're honest, 
There was never much real change or the religious people we knew, you never saw change in them. And it can be near impossible to experience a life of freedom and purpose if A, we're still imprisoned by our religious acts to be good, or B, we've never had a real encounter with Jesus. Well, there's a guy named Saul or Paul that fell into both of these categories, and Paul was a good religious little boy just like I was and followed every letter of the Jewish law, meaning like he did all the right things. But unlike you or me, Paul would truly have been considered without blame because of how strictly he held to his religious laws and traditions. Paul was what was known as a zealot in the Jewish faith. This is what we would call a holy roller or a Bible thumper nowadays, but like to the extreme. And, and nowadays, that's like not a term that you want said about you, but to be called a zealot was something that did give you honor. In Paul's day, during this time, there was a growing movement called The Way. And those who belonged to it were followers of their new king, Jesus. Those members of The Way were known as Christians, and so when these Christians, whose message and love was spreading like crazy, were claiming that Jesus was the real Messiah and the real king that the Jews had been waiting for, it infuriated Paul because the Jews did not see Jesus as the Messiah. That's not what the scriptures said the Messiah would be or who the scriptures said the Messiah would be. And so Paul would hunt down Christians and persecute them because of this. Paul was personally trying to snuff out the early Christian movement. But unbeknownst to Paul, he was about to have a life-changing experience. Let's take a look at Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. So Paul, this zealot, is out hunting down Christians and has a supernatural experience with the God of the very people he was persecuting. And Paul, who was a diehard zealot, when he has his experience, replies, who are you, Lord? Let's take a second and unpack this a little bit because that's pretty significant. When Paul, the guy who did all the right religious things to the point where he could be found without blame actually encounters Jesus, he knows what's up. Paul knew even before Jesus identified himself as the God of the Christians, Paul knew before that that he was Lord. Here's why this part of the story is super important and what we can glean from this encounter. If you're not aware of Paul's life after this story, Paul becomes more passionate about Jesus than he ever was when he was a religious zealot. Paul went on to preach the gospel boldly 
and was beaten, shipwrecked, flogged, imprisoned, and ultimately killed for his love for Jesus. That's love. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament scriptures. His letters help us to this day how to address situations in the church, how to structure the church, and most importantly, how to live a holy life that honors God. So how was Paul set free from his prison of religiosity and given such a huge purpose to impact the Christian world after he was violently persecuting Christians? Well, Jesus was here on earth 2,000 years ago, and if you aren't aware, Jesus used to speak to people, and he was never really clear about a whole lot of things, but he would use parables when he would talk to people. And parables are a story with a serious point, but with a relevant twist. One of the parables he was telling was about a vineyard, and a man who owned this vineyard leased the vineyard to workers. And in this parable, he talks about how the vineyard workers would violently mistreat and mishandle those who were placed in authority over the vineyard and how they handled the vineyard afterwards. And this, this parable that Jesus was telling was being told against the religious elite of his time. And he caps off the parable with an Old Testament prophecy that points to Jesus being the cornerstone of true faith, being the Messiah. Let's look at Mark 12. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Then the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken this parable against them. So Jesus told the parable of the vineyard, which I didn't give you everything of, but then he caps it off with saying, you are rejecting the cornerstone. So what does all this have to do with Paul's encounter and his monumental and continual impact on the church today? Well, it's because Paul, who was a Jewish religious elite, while on his road to Damascus encountered, acknowledged that Jesus was the Lord. And Jesus stated about the Jews who believed in him, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Paul was no longer imprisoned to his religious beliefs, rejecting the cornerstone of true faith. Paul was now free and beginning to accept that Jesus, whom he was persecuting, was in fact the Lord, Messiah, Savior, and awaited king that was prophesied about in the Jewish scriptures. Okay, now that that is established, let's look at one more important piece of Paul's encounter. So Paul sees a bright light, is knocked to the ground. While on the ground, he acknowledges that Jesus is Lord before he even knows it's Jesus. And then Jesus gives Paul a directive. Let's pick back up at Acts 9 and look at what Jesus told Paul to do and then what happens afterwards. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. That's what Jesus said. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. I mean, could you imagine? They're like, what is going on? They heard a sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see anything. So they led him by the hand of Damascus. 
For three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Okay, so Paul verbally acknowledges that Jesus is Lord. He's on the ground, no doubt disoriented and definitely blind. Then Jesus tells Paul what to do next. And Paul actually does it. And with a little help from the guys that were with him, Paul made it to Damascus because it would be pretty difficult to get anywhere when you're blind. Here's why that is extremely important to note in the story. Jesus also told another parable in regards to counting the cost of being his disciple. And this is what he said. No one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. What's so cool about this parable and why it's so important to note after Paul acknowledged that Jesus was Lord is that even though Paul was blind, he didn't look back. What's even more rad is that Paul could have seen he still obeyed Jesus. He didn't look back. He went to Damascus and with a little help from his friends, made it to Damascus, where his purpose-filled beginning awaited. Now, here's the deal. I can relate big time to Paul in his before Jesus days. Like I was saying earlier, imprisoned by doing all the right religious things and caught up in the traditions, just trying to be good. But I can also relate to Paul when it comes to having a supernatural experience with Jesus and being set free from all that. But most importantly, having deep intimacy, fellowship, and a love for Jesus, just like Paul did. I can relate. And let me explain what I mean. Later on, in a Paul that letter wrote to the church of Philippi, after he'd had his road to Damascus experience, he wrote this in regards to all he had gained from being a great religious leader in comparison to knowing Jesus. And this is what he writes. But whatever gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. What Paul is saying here is that all his religious acts and traditions and, and all he gained from, from doing all those things is poo-poo in comparison to having known Jesus. Yeah, like Paul I used to be in prison to doing all the right religious things to be a good person. But all that changed one day when I was struggling with a dark life filled with sin. I used to be a, an active alcoholic. And I thought to myself, dude, if I could just get sober and quit drinking, like all my problems are just gonna be solved. Well, I actually got sober. I'm still sober till today, but I actually got sober and two years into my sobriety, dude, I was still a mess. I was addicted to porn, horrible movies, and other shows, and I was addicted to food, the almighty cigarette. I was addicted to myself, and I just kind of generally hated myself, but yet worshiped myself at the same time as weird. And I was addicted to the ladies until one gloomy day. I was sitting on my bed in a really depressed and shameful state because of the way I was living, and something happened that was similar to what Paul experienced. While I'm sitting on my bed, Jesus showed up 
And in that moment, he was real and alive. This Jesus, who I used to think was just some dead guy on a cross, was no longer on the cross or dead, but he was alive and he revealed himself to me. And he told me, hey, come seek and understand why I died for your sins and that I'm the only way to the Father. That's pretty weird because I was never down with Jesus. And so I was like, this is freaky. So if you're real, you gotta give me a sign. He did, that day gave me a sign. And the very next day I started asking questions with some guy that I, that I worked with at a restaurant. Cause I always overheard him talking about Jesus, God and the Bible. I was like, I'm not fitting to go to church but I'll talk to this guy. So I started asking questions the very next day. And what's beautiful is, is on this journey, I have traded in my religiosity and following all the rules for a beautiful, fruitful, and life-giving relationship with a Jesus that has produced great freedom and purpose in my life, just like he did for Paul. So whatever journey you're on, wherever you are on that spiritual journey, Paul's encounter with Jesus and life afterward should challenge and inspire you to live a life for a Jesus who is real and alive and that we can't deny. So where are you on your spiritual journey? Are you still imprisoned to a religious mindset and traditions and doing all the right things to be good with God through all your actions? Are you still imprisoned to that? Or have you had a legitimate experience with Jesus? If so, he called you to a purpose. And are you perhaps not wanting to step into it? So here's where I'll land the plane. When we quit rejecting Jesus and come to believe in him as Lord, it should have a freeing effect in our lives, just like Paul, myself, Humbi Savera, and tons of other believers. We as believers should be so moved at such an, acknowledgement, like such an acknowledgement of Jesus as Lord that we should do whatever he calls us to do, whether we can see or not. What that means is whatever purpose he calls us to, we do. And guess what? When we start following Jesus and walking in our purpose, our vision will be blurry. So we're gonna need a little assistance from our brothers and sisters, just like Paul had on the road to Damascus, to help us find our way around in our new lives with Jesus. And get this, get some of my water right here. This is probably what excites me more than anything. We have the exact same Jesus today that Paul met on the road to Damascus close to 2,000 years ago. Think about that. Think about Paul's story. Paul was in the middle of persecuting Christians. They were being imprisoned and some even put to death. So there was definitely blood on Paul's hands. He was not clean, he was not pure, and he was not without blame. But Jesus met Paul right in the middle of his murderous threats and violence. He did not wait for Paul to go to the temple and get right through his religious acts so that he could set him free. 
He revealed himself to Paul and showed him grace and mercy and called him to his great purpose. That's the same Jesus we have today. Paul, we, you, me, we still have that same Jesus today. So whether you're on your journey, wherever you are, no matter how bad you think you are or that Jesus won't come closer to you because of what you've done, like you're like, Zach, you have no clue what I've done. Well, if you think because I don't know what you've done and it's real heinous and all that stuff and that Jesus won't come and meet you in the middle of that and set you free and give you a purpose, I'm gonna tell you something. It's not true. He will. He'll meet you right in the middle of where you are and he'll set you free and give you a purpose. That's real hope right there. So I'd like to close with a prayer with two pieces. And this prayer with two pieces is really for two sets of people that may be listening today. And the first set of people that may be listening today is for those who may be imprisoned by religiosity or non-believers. Because when we don't believe that Jesus is real or we don't believe in him as the son of God, we are in prison. So if you find yourself imprisoned in religiosity or non-belief, if that's you and you want some of that freedom that Jesus offers and you can get down with that, I wanna lead you in a prayer. Please bow your head and repeat after me. Jesus, I choose to believe that you are the son of God. Please set me free from my imprisonment. The second is for those who Jesus has already established in their life, but maybe he's called you to a specific purpose and for whatever reason, you may be hesitating. You may be putting your hand to the plow and looking back a bit. So for this next prayer, if he's called you to a certain purpose, to leave something or to start something or to start volunteering somewhere or to do something that may seem scary, but he's called you to it and you're hesitating, would you bow your heads and repeat after me? Jesus, I surrender. I thank you for creating me for a purpose. I thank you for calling me to a purpose. I give myself to you. In closing, here's why unpacking the scriptures and especially Paul's story is so important and what I love Humby is doing with this whole series is because of what happened this week in Uvalde, there's a lot of darkness in this world. There's a lot of evil in this world. There's a lot of wickedness in this world. And what we can take from scripture, from Paul's story, from everything that we've read about and unpacked today is that what we know is, is Jesus wants to set you free and give you a purpose. And let me tell you what your greatest purpose is as a believer in Jesus. He plants his hope right inside your heart. The hope of Jesus for believers is planted right inside your heart. And so in this dark and perverse world, you're a light bearer and a hope bearer. And so that's why it's extremely important 
to believe in Jesus and to follow him faithfully. I love all of you and I hope to see y'all around. Have a good one. Thank you, Zach, for bringing an awesome and challenging message here today. I'm glad that we had that water here for you so you're able to take that drink. Now, if you appreciated the word that Zach brought, please let him know while you're live on the chat room. You can throw some fun emojis in there or just simply thank him for his time and the word that he was able to bring here today. Now, Kuo, over the last few weeks, we have talked about how the church met up together in homes and shared dinner, and I want us to be able to do that in our community. So we are continuing to have signups for these dinners on Friday, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're gonna have people meeting up to get connected. So if you did not get the chance to get signed up, here's what I want you to do. You can go onto our, our social media, you can go to our website, you can send us an email, you can send us a message, and we will help get you connected to these groups. We're organizing these groups by neighborhood that they'll be in. So as of right now, we have a dinner happening on the south side, a dinner downtown, one in the Beacon Hill neighborhood, one in the east side, and two in the Woodlawn Lake area. Also, just make sure that there are a few that, that are kid-friendly, so if you're, you have a family, you wanna bring the whole family there to one of these dinners, I don't want you to worry about that. We have a handful of these meals, these dinners where uh, families can come. Now, one of the cool things about these, these dinners that we're having is that it's not just gonna be just for church friends. It's gonna be people where we're gonna be inviting people from the outside, people outside of the church, neighbors, families, friends. We want them to be a part of this community as well. Now, the other thing that we are doing to make sure that we are connecting and linking to our communities is we're going with our Feed SA collection today. Feed SA is an initiative that was started at City Church many years ago to help stock the food bank at times when they are in desperate need of food. In the summer, the food bank's donations go way down while the need for food goes up because kids are out of school. They're not getting breakfast, lunch, and sometimes dinner. So if you are able to, please make a donation to Feed SA on our giving platform today, right now. All you have to do to do that is go to our website, click on giving, and you'll see in there that you can give to Feed SA. For every dollar you give to the food bank, they can turn it into seven meals. So let's help some people in need. Let's help feed some folks that need it. And guys, I know that you guys are insanely generous. I see it every single week. I just wanna thank you guys for the ways that you sacrifice to be generous here at Akuo Church. Now, I don't care how you're doing it. I don't care how you are uh, giving and being sacrificial in that way. We just want you to make sure that you are listening to God in where you're doing it and how you're doing it. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, one of the many ways that you can do that and express your generosity here at Akuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a place that you start. That could be a place that you trust God in your life. Now, sacrificial giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and if that's you, that's okay. We get it. Gas prices are going high. Inflation is going crazy. Your, your dollar isn't going as far and you might need some help. If that's you, or if you know someone that might be, we wanna be linked to you or to that friend during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send us an email at help at akuo.church, and you can also text or tie the or text or call the church at 210-901-8785.
Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions that you see on your screen. It's really easy. And we also have our text to, to give option for that. All you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to Akuo at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you today. I want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and our team will be praying for you now and all week long as we continue to get through this year. So let me just pray for you one last time before we head out of here. So uh, Jesus, I just thank you for everything that you're doing. I, I thank you for the ways that you're loving people. I pray that in, in the same way that you spoke to Paul, in the same way that you uh, knocked that religiosity and, and, and knocked that, that prison that he was in down, I pray that you would do the same thing for us and all the people that are listening here today. I pray that you would help them move throughout their lives, and I pray that you would show them the people that you want them to love in the same way that Jesus loved them. And we just thank you for everything that you're doing here. We love you, and we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. We'll see you at a community group, and we will see you at a dinner this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.